How are our texts from the Gospel reading? We heard a few moments ago from Luke chapter 10 these words, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. So the words, the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to his disciples. I tell you, Jesus then continued, I tell you that many kings and prophets desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. That argument seems a bit familiar to us, doesn't it? It's an argument that we ourselves have had, have used. And we've used it with our children, mostly. You don't know. You don't know how good you have it. It's the way we put it, right? Here we can think of not only colored televisions with remote controls, but with stream channels available on demand, the ability to pause a program even, add subtitles, stop watching a program on our television, start watching it on our computers, then our tablets, then our smartphones. Speaking of smartphones, remember when we had to share one phone number with all the members of our family? Remember? Remember when we needed to actually know a phone number to call someone? Remember dialing the phone. And if the line was busy or if we were told the person wasn't home that we were calling, or horror of horrors, if no one answered the phone, what would we do? What would we do? Now, of course, we just sent them a text. We could go on and on here, but our children, well, they get sick of hearing about it, about cars with no air conditioning, televisions with no color, and showers where you had to fiddle with the hot and cold, and just when you got it right, someone flushed the toilet. No, kids get tired of hearing it, of hearing us say, you don't know how good you have it. And I think we as Christians don't even want to hear these words, these words of our Savior to his disciples, to us. That they were blessed because of what they had seen, what they'd seen in him, things that the prophets of the Old Testament like Elijah and Elisha and kings like David and Hezekiah longed to see. For we are blessed, so blessed to be able to gather together weekly and to hear, to hear all about what God has done for us in the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are so blessed to hear about the forgiveness of sin, life and salvation proclaimed to us through him. We're so blessed to respond rejoicing in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and blessed to be able to pray, pray to our Father in heaven, praise him and praise him chiefly by thanking him. But that's old hat, something we've heard before. That's the every day or at least the every week. So our old Adam, our old Adam, who would dismiss the wonder, the daily wonder of our life of faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Sure, we don't witness the raising of people from the dead like the disciples did, but even though they did, such a miracle became old hat for them as well, didn't it? Commonplace, something 
expected almost. No. Usually we don't realize the, the value, the, the true value of a thing until we no longer have it. We don't truly understand the value of a person in our life until they no longer are a part of our lives. We don't truly understand the wonder of a skill, a talent, or ability we ourselves have until it goes missing. Or capacities, basic capacities like walking or seeing or hearing and talking until we no longer can do such things. Why do we do that? Undervalue so much what we have. Well, in Proverbs 27, we read that just as Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, never satisfied are the eyes of man. And in Ecclesiastes 1, we read, the eye is not satisfied with seeing and the ear filled with hearing. That is, we always want more. We always crave more. We always want to see and to hear and to speak and to do something different than what we have before. And so we despise, we ignore, we neglect that which we already have heard, what we've already seen. We're like the rich man in hell who pleads with Abraham in heaven to send Lazarus from heaven to his brothers still alive on earth. Send them something new. Something exciting, Lazarus raised from the dead, Lazarus from heaven, and Abraham responding, they have what they need, the word of God, the law, and the prophets. So we have what we need. We have everything we need in our Lord and Savior Jesus, and in that this is so, we should simply and humbly be content Content with what we hear from the very Word of God. Content with how we see God working in our lives. Happiness is, after all, not having what we want, but wanting what we have. Happiness is not having what we want, but wanting what we have. And our new man wants what he has. Our new man wants his life daily lived in Christ. Our new man wants the kingdom of God to come. That is for our heavenly Father to give us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and we live godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Our new man wants the will of God to be done. That is for God to break and hinder every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature which don't want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. Yes, our new man wants all these things, all of these things which we already have through the preaching of the gospel among us and the participation in the sacraments and wanting what he has. Our new man is happy. Our new man is happy content. So the hymn, the hymn, I am content. We have that hymn in the hymnal. I am content, my Jesus ever lives, in whom my heart is pleased. He's fulfilled the law of God for me, God's wrath he's appeased. Since he in death could perish never, I also shall not die forever. I'm content. I'm content. Another verse, another verse expressing the happiness of the new man within us happiness flowing from wanting what he has. I'm content. My Jesus is my light, my radiant son of grace. His cheering 
Rays beam blessings for all, sweet comfort, hope, and peace. This Easter sun has brought salvation and everlasting exaltation. I'm content. I'm content. So our new man is content. Our new man, therefore, enjoys the happiness of wanting what he has. For what the new man has in faith is Christ our Lord and Savior. So our new man enjoys the benefits of all of the things that the disciples of Jesus did in fact see and all the things that the prophets and kings of the Old Testament longed to see and hear. Of course, our old Adam in contrast rarely has what he wants, what he really, really wants, and is therefore not happy. He is, our old Adam, after all, some after all, somewhat of an experienced addict. Our old Adam, he's an experienced junkie, wanting constantly to experience something new, to make it to the next level of life, to live in something new, something different continually, whether it's what is being played on the radio, played in the gaming system, worn on his feet, or eaten at some restaurant. And that thirst, that desire for all things new within us, from our old Adam, can drive us to the point of setting aside, ignoring, and even neglecting the gospel of Jesus Christ because, well, we've we've heard it before. And in that we've heard about Jesus before, we really don't need to hear about him again. We got it. Give us something new. So our old Adam. The problem here, of course, is what Christ has done is not simply in the past, but it's in the now. It's in the right now. Our life in Christ is not a life in which we simply remember what Christ has done for us, but in faith, realizing what Christ even now is doing for us, living and reigning over our lives at the right hand of God, sending His Spirit into our hearts to give us confidence and courage, peace and contentment, dwelling in our hearts along with the Father Himself so that we continually live in union and communion and fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit daily. In Christ, our sins are forgiven. And it's in this new life that we do lead a life which from day to day to day is not a life of appeasement of our old Adam with one new thing after another, but a life of blessedness and joy as we await from day to day to day to see the opportunities for loving service that are laid before us. Now, this isn't a life of boredom. It's a life not based on the excitement of the world yearned for by our old Adam. It's a life that from one moment to the next is lived in the reality of what the disciples of Jesus saw and heard and how what the disciples of Jesus saw and heard was realized and continues to be realized within us even today. It's truly a blessed life. It's a content life and even a happy one. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and a life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the creed.